Marcus Radio. Welcome to Three Queens and a King Podcast, where candid conversation matters. It's your show, baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Three Queens and a King Podcast. We are back once again. I hope everybody's week was extraordinary, productive, and filled with love and light. Um, We are going to have an amazing conversation. I'm pretty stoked. I am excited. We're wrapping up a three-part series. um, And today, we're going to speak about the power of empathy. But before I really get into that topic, let's just go around the horn and say hello to everyone and how's everybody's week been and what's been going on and all of that. Uh, Miss Crystal, how are you doing today? I have a hopeful heart. Feeling good. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) I am so grateful for that energy. (laughs) Because it's rough out here. (laughs) Having a hopeful heart is a great thing to have. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. How's your week been? What's been going on? Uh, You know, since our last recording, I've been struggling with a lot of things, but I think that's why now I'm kind of looking at it from a different mindset and I'm feeling good about it. Dope. Dope. A lot of learning. Yeah. Well, as always, you look adorable. We were talking about that before we started. (laughs) Thank you. Beautiful soul. Ashley, how are you doing? Um, I'm feeling good. I am basically all of the above with Chris. Um, I am doing some deep reflection and some heavy thought. And uh, I feel like it's going to be a productive process in me breaking down what we had discussed yesterday and uh, figuring out what I'm going to do with that energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's always progressive movement with you, Ash. I I noticed that. You're always... um, (laughs) You're, you are, sis. You're always on, like, a quest to learn things and, like, gain understanding and share some light and, uh, like, hold yourself accountable. And but y'all see a lot how hard things. I push, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, I go real, real hard. So I want to, yeah. I like to, I just want to double check on myself for real. I, I wonder, <laughs> do you sleep? Do you sleep right. well? <laughs> I'm just curious. Or I am <laughs> a, I'm, that's also a journey. I'm learning how to sleep. I am trying to gain some peace in my head. And that is why I am always on a journey to always dispel, always, you know, kind of try to dissipate that discomfort that you get from cognitive dissonance. So when you don't have, you know, clarity, that's, you know, you you don't, you don't have peace. So that's where, that's where I am. I I was just having that conversation with a brother today. Um, A whole bunch of us met up at the Lincoln Cafe, shout out Leon Lewis owner of Lincoln Cafe here in Columbus, Ohio, in the historic King Lincoln District on Long Street. What's Uh, up, Leon? Right? (laughs) We really had to (laughs) plug all of that. We were just talking about, um, today, I was just talking with Brother Day about balance and really, like, uh, just taking the mind, taking the time to, within the work that you're doing on yourself, being easy enough on yourself to say, okay, um, you know, I'm only human and 
I can only do so much in a day and a time span. I should be able to be okay with resting and maintaining my peace of mind and like uh, just encouraging self-care so that I can go out and like keep sharpening self and keep, you know, uh, learning and becoming the best version of self. So yes, I'm all over that. I, I, I agree with you, Ash, 100%. Um, introducing our king to celebrate this week. This is his second time back, but I'm excited to have you here for this topic. Nassim. I call him Seam yes, Bean, but <laughs> this is my friend, Nassim. Uh, we're going to talk about all the stuff that you got coming up. We're going to talk about all your talents. We're going to talk about you today, today, yes, today, sir. We're okay, going to. I appreciate you. Yeah, we want to pour into you because me and you spoke a little bit earlier and I see your energy is lifted up and you're smiling and I'm so glad to see your face. Yeah. This yes, you feeling I'm okay. glad to see your face. I'm glad to see all three of your faces. <laughs> for sure. Yes. yes How was your Welcome week, Zane? How you doing? Uh, my week was filled with decision making, so it's been kind of a rocky road. But, you know, I made the right decisions and uh, I'm going to just have to step out on faith and uh, continue the journey. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about that over the past couple of months, too, with some of the things that you needed to figure out what you wanted to do, but just being able to step out on faith, knowing that it's yeah. going to come to you. So yeah. I'm proud I, of you. I, I, I'm proud of myself as well. I made the major decision and, uh, you know, the best is yet to come. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I th there's a lot of transition going on, I think, for yeah. a, a, all, all people that I'm dealing with on a regular basis are experiencing some kind of like major transition, even if it's just within themselves or spiritually or physically, like literally moving or letting go of uh, jobs or taking on new opportunities and starting over and in a space where they never thought they'd be at whatever age they're at, um, really deciding to step out and do something different and transition into like a, a new or a next phase. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of hard, though, too, to pull away from something that you've been attached to for so long yeah. and try to pull away from that to go a different direction. That takes a lot of willpower. Yeah, and courage. Yeah. And courage. And, but what I found in life, and I don't, I don't know if you guys can like agree with this or not, but when there was things that I knew I should do that always made me feel like the most anxious inside, and it wasn't until I made the decision to go the direction that was making me anxious that I feel better about it. And it always ended up being the right decision. But when you're in the space of trying to make the decision to transition into whatever new is coming about, it can be very scary and overwhelming. Yes. And mm -hmm. anxiety ridden. Yes. And mm -hmm. making you feel really anxious mm -hmm. and you don't sleep, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. you make the decision, but you feel all those things because you know that's which way you should go, but there's uncertainties attached to it, to it right? So it's hard. But we're all humans. So, yes. Seem, congratulations on taking the leap of faith. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, really congratulations. Absolutely. We're sending you all of the vibes of success and um, excitement. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. And support that are yes, going to have to come your way. And, um, mm -hmm faith and determination and discipline all those things you have to gr grab onto in order to bring your next vision to light but i have all the faith in the world in you because i know how talented you are thank you i appreciate that 
it's just dealing with the uncertainties of going forward, you know, mm -hmm. after you've been doing something, like I said, for so long. And, you know, that's just kind of like it's there. You know, you can do yeah. it. You know, you can go accomplish it. But to start something new and different, it's just the uncertainties. Like, damn, am I going to make it? Is it going to be a failure? Is it going to be, you know, what I'm really looking for? So, you right. know, you deal with them thoughts. But uh, right. I have. But your I alternative. I appreciate it. Your, the alternative is always what you have to consider too, because if the alternative is breaking you down or causing some kind of grief or stress or pain or any of those things, right? If they're bringing, if it's bringing you anything less than joy, the alternative to to the new move, then you almost don't have a choice, right? You're like, right, 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 damn, right. I gotta do this. Like, <laughs> what else am I gonna this. do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm quite sure all of y'all know about the little train. I think I can. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That caboose, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's the energy we need to tap into from five years old, right? Mm -hmm. For real, for real. You got the scene, B. No doubt, no doubt. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. So today's topic. Um, I just want to. I just want to go briefly into this before we go into our first break and. Again, shout out Jay Cam for uh, supplying our music for today. It should be a real mellow show too. So it'll be some real mellow tracks for you to vibe to. Um, but real quick, so we're talking about the power of empathy today. Empathy is the ability to understand and share feelings of another, not to be confused with sympathy, which is the feeling of pity and sorrow for someone else's misfortune. So one, one really has to do with the actual feeling of another's plight, and uh, the other, the other just has to do with the understanding, as you see it, not actually being able to feel what what that emotion might be. So, we're gonna delve deep into that. But before we do, uh, go ahead and vibe out. We'll be back, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Turning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Um, if you guys did not already know, this is one of, this is a quote from the famous Martin Luther, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, one of the most quoted people in the entire world um oftentimes his quotes come up black history month around martin luther king day where most of us good do do-gooders do-gooders in our mind 
are queuing up the old Google, queuing up the old Twitter, you know, picking out what they, picking and choosing what they'd like to, how they'd like to quote King and how they mm-hmm. would like to distort his message. Yep. Oftentimes his message is used as a weapon against black people, vilifying yep. black people. Well, if you would just, if you would just do it this way, if you would just, mm-hmm. King wouldn't like it this way. Mm-hmm. But what they fail to accept in mm-hmm. taking these quotes out of context, these very important quotes out of context, is the story behind them comes from violence, comes from pain, comes from oppression, comes from constantly being put down. Last week, we spoke about cognitive dissonance. Um, And one of the last things I spoke about cognitive dissonance was reaching a comforting solution to cognitive dissonance. Cognitive, Cognitive dissonance is a is a popular theory in psychology, which basically uh, states that when you have two opposing ideas, or if you have an idea that's presented to you that is um, that clashes with what you think you already know, with what you already know, there are usually a few choices. You can either push back really hard, you can ignore it. Um, but the most powerful of these solutions to that physical discomfort that comes to you from when you face when you finally do have when you finally have to face cognitive dissonance is uh it's transformation taking what you have taking what you've known and uh then taking the incongruity of the new information that you've you've been introduced to to make a meaningful change is oftentimes the the hardest of the three solutions to cognitive dissonance to achieve it it's a lot harder um it's a lot it's a lot harder to it's a lot it's a it's a harder look inside of yourself um it's a longer time to tread through your information and your uh just kind of breaking down what you thought you knew it takes it takes being forgiven and it takes forgiving yourself and you you might not get all the way through you might not deserve to be let all the way through but above all of this you must know yourself or you cannot understand the way that you know others Mm. so when we talk about empathy and we talk about and we take this quote of King, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. That is weaponized against black people over and over again. We see it every MLK day. We see it all over all, all over Black History Month. The, he's these were these words of a man that fought so hard for black people using it being used against us. We have to remember that this speech was given in 1968 I'm sorry this speech was given in 1966 1968 the, the next year King was killed he was killed 
still possessing his his unnerving empathy for white people, for black people. His calls for looking inward were not for us. They were for they were for white people. They were for the oppressors. We have been looking for the empathy that we have been denied and that we have been damn near forced to provide to white people over and over and over and are continually continuously expected to provide empathy the take i want to take the take that i want to uh point out in empathy is the lack of empathy for black people and if anything or if anyone deserves it more than it more if anyone deserves it i can't i can't think of anybody else that deserves it more than black people is some empathy um this speech that king gave this quote came after a 16 year old boy was killed by the state of Alabama after being accused of raping a white woman. King gave the speech, um, I believe it was nine days later. Um, I wanna quote a, uh, I wanna take, I, forgive me, B, you may have to edit this out. I wanna give you another MLK quote the ones that we don't get to hear as often. Whites, it must frankly be said, are not putting in a similar mass effort to re-educate themselves out of racial ignorance. It is an aspect of their sense of superiority that white people of America believe they have so little to learn. And empathy is about understanding. You can't understand if you don't learn. And if you refuse to learn, I cannot forgive your ignorance. And that's um, where it's at. Absolutely. We're going to wait, wait, wait. We're going to go to break. It <laughs> was heavy. We're going to go <laughs> <know>. to break. <laughs> Dope, Ashley. Ashley. All right, y'all. Listen to a little bit of music. Vibe out. Think about what we're talking about. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be right, right back. back we're back 
Um, I hope you enjoy that vibe, that little vibe. And yeah, let's get back into this conversation. So I want to point some stuff out. I, I, I really want to touch on why this message has been placed in my spirit to really share on or um, delve into when I decided to launch the podcast and launch the website and um, put together workshops and trainings and seminars wrapped around the power of empathy when discussing race. I just felt like there needed to be a couple of different platforms where people could communicate and express um, whatever questions they might have or curiosities they might have or uh, things that they want to share with what is being exposed as of like this last really heavy five to seven years uh, with a lot of the police police brutality and the deaths at the hands of, of police uh, specifically black men that have been dying so people are curious and they do want to have a conversation but the question comes around to are you really willing to learn uh, to what Ashley was saying and are you willing to be open so that you can understand and and actually feel what another might be feeling experiencing what they do because of their race empathy is a powerful thing and I feel like I am extremely grateful and blessed and favored to be able to call myself an empath and to be hypersensitive to others' emotions um, and their thoughts and their feelings and being able to interpret what that might mean coming off of them, that kind of energy, and then maybe trying to like tap into something I've experienced in life to really understand what they're feeling. And it enables me to connect with people easier. I remember going to the Cannabar, and we all know where that's at. Uh, historic little hole in the wall, live music spot, black owned, been owned by the same black woman for the past, I think 35, almost 40 years. She will not give up the space. Although gentrification is happening on Long Street, no, she's keeping her space. So I frequent there often, as often as I can. Um, and I remember going there one night and I think I was already um, having a day where I was really picking up on, on another's energy. And I probably had been dealing with a lot of people. Um, so I was, I was in my feels, I was in my emotions anyway. But I remember pulling up and uh, right up front and I see a black man bent over the trash can, picking trash out of the can. And just seeing that image, that imagery alone, already in my emotions, really, really hurt my heart. I might have been really like contemplating uh, how, how broken we are as a people and how as men, black men and black women, 
we have a really hard time trusting each other. So we have a really hard time coming together and overcoming some very obvious agendas that have been put in place to keep us separated and disconnected. I might've really been contemplating things like that that day. That's what I feel like as I'm sharing this right now. So it hurt me to see him like that because that just leads to thinking about how we got here as a people. Um, the, the division between us and the separation that is intentional. And then here this man is struggling and I don't know his story, but it's probably safe to bet that he might have children somewhere or and he's not able to provide. And all these things are going through my head, you know, like I think, I think, and it hurt my heart and I could feel what he might be feeling having to humble himself enough to dig through the trash to make sure that he could get whatever it is that he needed for nourishment that day. But what really struck me about him was that, and this does, this strikes me as phenomenal about all black men, that it does not matter the circumstance that you all are going through or where you might be in life. There's a certain swag about you. There's a certain pride to the way you walk. Even if you have a limp in your step, if your clothes are not clean or you're in a three-piece suit, it does not matter. There is something about the way that a black man carries himself in this world today with favor and grace. And I saw that on that man as he walked away from that trash can. And I went inside the bar and I had a couple of drinks, but this was heavy on my spirit. So I'm at the bar crying at the enormity of the problem and how it's resulting in in what I'm seeing and what is hurting my heart watching this man and I decide I should leave because I'm making a fool of myself sitting at the bar by myself with tears running down my face and the emotion really was getting to me and uh, I leave and I and I go out front and this brother sit standing out front and I am compelled to ask him, what do you need? You know, you know, are you good? And he's just like, man, if I could just get something to eat. And I said, yeah, you know, I got you. And I, I, I did a little bit more. I gave him, I had some cash on me. I gave him the cash. I went and got him a meal. I brought the meal back out. But what God told me to do, what God placed in my spirit was to hug him. So I did that and he did not smell good. But what was even more powerful was that I could feel the appreciation of him just being treated like a human being coming from his heart into my heart as we embrace. And I cried and that man cried and the people that were outside of the bar cried at what they were seeing. And that is empathy. That is the epitome of empathizing with another person's plight. And if people that are really curious about what Blacks have gone through in this country and what we still deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, living in a space where the message is clear that they love to hate Brown and Black people, you have to empathize. You have to be willing to really step out of your 
comfort zone and into another's shoes for just a minute, enough to feel the emotion. And from there, conversation can flow and healing can commence. We're gonna take a break. (laughs) We'll be back, y'all. continue the conversation so the power of empathy i appreciate you guys allowing me to give testimony let's let's hear a little bit more so crystal tell us about a time where you either were afforded a great deal of empathy in a situation or you really had an opportunity to tap in and uh, empathize with another's plight uh first of all i wanted to tell you that your words were beautiful And what I'm going to be talking about actually uh, just happened within this past week. Um, After the recording we did last week, I went to my room. I was devastated. I cried um, because I had such hatred in my heart, hatred for myself, hatred for my father. And I had to sit in that for a moment and I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was hysterically crying. And there was a piece of your poem, as well as the words that you spoke after I shared that, that gave me a sense of calmness that I've never felt before. And it also made me realize it's true that I don't know how my father grew up. Everything in our family was a secret and that I, for the first time in my life, saw him as a human being. And I'd never done that before. And I don't know if I would have even gotten to that if it weren't for the words that you said to me. And it also made me empathize with him. Now, that doesn't excuse all the things that um, he raised us to think or that he did and the abusive uh, abusiveness that we had to go through. But I had a sense of empathy for him, which, like I said, I never thought would really happen. And with that, and uh, trying to go through trauma counseling for my past and my childhood, and then I had another trauma happen with our family um, a a year ago, a little over a year ago. um, I really disconnected from the world, from everyone and everything. I even isolated myself because I really didn't want to deal with my past. I didn't want to deal with my current. I didn't want to deal with anything. And that really was a disservice to the people that I love. My friends who have always supported me and loved me, 
and you've always come to mind. I mean, you were one of the first people that I called. And it made me realize something that um, this is a place where I've been able to start healing. But it really also made me empathize in the sense that when I think about people of color, they are born into generational trauma. And all the things that I felt my entire life is what every black and brown person has to endure still to this day. And because I'm an empath, it's really overwhelming. And it's, um, I didn't want to deal with my past, nor did I want to deal with the things that are happening in front of my face. But what I realized is, um, and just this opportunity to speak my truth and to sit uh, with my feelings and to challenge really my thoughts and my feelings. Um, I'm having this shift of consciousness. And it made me realize that, yes, I didn't want to deal with this because when I feel things are so deep and so painful that I couldn't deal with it on top of the trauma, but it was unfair. It truly was unfair. And so it, it really started me, making me think about um, the beginner's mind and trying to step back from where you're where you are and looking at the world with curiosity, without judgment, with love, with excitement. And if we can all just kind of take like a step back from ourselves and see where other people have come from and through my trauma and thinking about generational trauma it broke me down for a while because it's sad and it's unfair and it shouldn't be this way and I keep thinking how can I how can I relate this so other people can understand that especially white people And I guess I would just have to say, you have to challenge your beliefs and your thoughts and your feelings. And that's something you did for me and just the words you spoke. And we also have to make it a point to talk with, you know, uh, personally deal with that and then be able to speak with your family, be able to speak with your friends, create that ripple effect. We have to start doing the hard work. You've mentioned that before about wanting to be um, that pebble in in the in you know in the water that creates the ripple effect. And I think that's what you're doing. I think you're doing. <clears throat> I think you're doing a great job, and I think you're doing more than enough with trying to uh, bring awareness to people that are willing and open to hear. And I I definitely think you're breaking some cycles with your daughter and how you're bringing her up and and how you want her to be free and comfortable in her own space and teaching her to love people for who they are and not what they look like. So, I mean, you've taken on a great deal of responsibility and you're living up to it every single day. And I applaud you, Crystal. Thank you. Really do. I love you, love. Thank you, I love you. Appreciate your testimony. Mm-hmm. 
thank you. We said this. We said this episode was going to be filled with love. Yes, That's what we said, and it is all the love. <laughs> yes, that's what's up. Okay, so our king to celebrate. I'm so glad you're here, Seam. So I want you to share your experience, however, which way you want to. Whether you've been afforded extreme empathy or you've had to really empathize with another's plight. Share your experience, sir. Well, first I want to say I'm happy to be here amongst you beautiful young ladies. And this is just a wonderful time in my life right now at this present moment. But I was going to deal more with definitions. Mm -hmm. I do have an, well, I don't, I do have an experience, but I'm referring it to a movie, but I will get to that. So empathy, you gave a couple definitions. I think Ashley gave a couple, but I'm gonna go back over them. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. Mm-hmm. Means of experiencing someone else's feelings. <clears throat> it comes from a German word called, I hope I get this right, infulung, in which means filling into. It requires an emotional component of really feeling what the other person is feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes we get that mixed up with sympathy, which sympathy is feeling the pity and sorrow of someone else's misfortune. A sense of compassion, it's when you feel bad for someone else's, for for what someone else is going through. The aim of sympathy is for us to know what it would be like to be that person. But empathy is the beginning of a story, which is to suffer. Uh, I'm sorry. The beginning of the story in which the sufferer feels new power and new life. Some types of empathy are thoughts, feelings, emotions, and attitudes. When we empathize, we substitute ourselves for other, for the other person. Empathize is the understanding and sharing the feelings of others. Empathy is the ability to sense other people's emotions coupled with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling. Which is a selfless act in and of itself. I'm sorry? That's a selfless act within within itself. Yes, To be able to put yourself into somebody else's shoes. Especially from experience. Now, I can't remember which verse it is. It's either Romans 12, 15 or Peter uh, 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 8, which uh, it says, the love of God leads us to compassion and empathy for another. We grow into empathy by practicing empathy. And Jesus had empathy because he fellowshiped with others. He had sympathy towards others. 
He had awareness of what the people were going through. So when you empathize with a person, I feel like you actually have experienced what they are going through versus sympathy. Like you went through something, but you know what? I have been through the same thing. So I can empathize with you. I can hug you. I can love you. I can sit down and talk with you. You know what I'm saying? Over what you are going through. Now, the the, the reference that I had was from the movie Othello. Have any one of you seen the movie Othello? With uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne? No. No one's seen it? Okay. I mean, I know the, you know, the story. It's like, that uh what that Shakespeare story of well, yeah Shakespeare it was, it's, it's uh, two different movies one is with was, uh, you know from back then and then the other one is with Lawrence Fishburne but I've in not the seen movie that, I have, I'm, I'm checking out I love me uh I'm curious it, it, it's real good because in the movie Lawrence Fishburne he was like a rich man and he was like a warrior so it was a young lady in the movie a lot younger than he was. So in the movie, of course, he's black, she's white. So in the movie, she was a lot younger. Her name was Desdemona, okay? But it was a character named Lago. And what he did was he was evil because he made Lawrence Fishburne feel insignificant because he was older, he would whisper in his ear saying, well, how can, you know, she be with you? You're an older man. Of course, he was black. So he got in his head and it made him think that she was cheating on him. So throughout the movie, he kept feeding into his mind. Uh, Lago had planted the seed but now the seeds started growing in Lawrence Fishburne's mind. So now he's thinking he's not good enough for her. He's, he's too old for her. He, you know, of course he's black. So, you know, his race came into play and Lago made him feel like it was his uh, secondhand man that was actually cheating with her. So I'm going somewhere with this because in relationships, people can make you feel like, or you can feed off of something to make you believe that mm -hmm. someone may be cheating on you. Someone may be doing something that they shouldn't be doing and you feed on that. And that really plays a part in your mind. So in the movie, it went so far as to he really believed this. And he actually killed his wife at the end and killed himself. But at the end, he actually found out that Lago was actually planting seeds that wasn't even true. So uh, to deal with empathy on racial justice, on, on age, on some insecurity, jealousy, we all have experienced these things and we can empathize with people we can mm -hmm. empathize with racial injustice because we all been there mm -hmm. we can empathize with people like 
say an older guy is with a younger girl or a younger girl's with an older guy or vice versa, we can empathize with people with insecurities. We all got insecurities in some form or fashion. And then mm -hmm. we can empathize with jealousy. You know what I mean? Because at some point you may have been jealous of another person or they have been jealous of you. So empathy is just the ability to sense others' emotions. And it's coupled with the imagine what someone else may be thinking or feeling. So uh, that's just basically what I wanted to kind of touch on, just some of the definitions. And then, you know, as far as Jesus, him fellowshipping, him uh, having sensitivity towards people's emotions and the awareness of and having compassion and understanding just showed a real deep part of empathy that he was just really knowing what the people was going through. And you, you, you made mention to seem about how just walking in that space is is light work that's the work of god you know what i mean so being close to your creator um i believe enables you to be empathetic to another's plight um and then too um i have been around people where you can feel their energy and their own insecurities and their own stuff they're dealing with and they project that onto you and you can feel that being an empath or picking up on that energy and it makes you feel uncomfortable, uh, puts you in a space of not feeling welcome or that there's something wrong with you when really what it is is that other person has that issue and they might say and do things that are really like hurtful or mean or out of spite, you know, because of projection. And what ends That's up right. happening is that you're now being pushed away or you're feeling like you're not welcome so you don't you don't stick around and that relationship dissolves because of somebody else's issues that you're able to pick up on and you have to be able to recognize right. that that's what that is that that somebody is trying to project what they're feeling on side inside of themselves onto you rather than you internalizing that energy and then walking away feeling less than yourself yes, and that's, I've experienced that. That was personal. That came through just then. I've experienced that. Yeah, I yeah, had to let yeah. that go. I had to let that whole friendship go. Like, yeah. I can't be with you. I can't even be cool with you because you don't you don't like yourself. And yep. I shine yep. too bright. And because I shine so bright, it makes you feel inadequate. And that's not my problem. That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. So instead of you trying to make me feel less than because that's how you feel, I got to let you go. Because you're touching on triggers. You're triggering me. That's what it is. I can't be triggered by people that, you know, are projecting that kind of energy. And I'm able to pick up on that because I can feel people's emotions and pick up on their thoughts and their attitudes. You know, so thank you, Nassim, for sharing. Go ahead, babe. But I was just wanted to say, we, 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 when we empathize, we substitute ourselves for the other mm -hmm. person. And that's a selfless so we kinda, act. We put ourselves in their shoes. Yes. If we haven't already been in their shoes. Yes. But one of the major pieces that just really stuck out with me is the beginning of a story in which the sufferer feels new power and new life. 
So that's like mm-hmm. you going into feeling empathy for someone, but it's like it's giving you power and it's giving you life because you know you already experienced it. So now and you gotta be there for the other person. Exactly. So you're giving of yourself in order to help heal another. That is a selfless act. People are arrogant and that they will walk into their entire life thinking that another person has never experienced anything that they're going through ever. Mm-hmm. That is arrogance if I've never if I've never heard it. What do you mean? We're all human beings living in this society. Of course, we're going to have similar experiences. How do you expect to get through this life with joy in your heart and being able to maintain that if you don't connect with people that can understand what you've been through? You cannot you cannot do this solo. Again, that's testimony because I remember moving for a lot of years like I didn't need the connection of another human being at all and wouldn't allow anybody close enough to let that happen. And that that's not that makes for a very miserable life. We're going to take a quick break. This conversation is amazing today. I love it. We're going to vibe out. Last break. We're going to come back. We're going to let Ash close out. I know she got something nice, nice to close out with too. <laughs> I see your brain over there working. Go ahead and listen to some music, folks. We'll be right, right back. Thank you for tuning in. we're back we're back this is um this is a great conversation this has really lifted me up i appreciate everybody's contribution ashley i want you to share i don't know which way you're going to go with it i'm really curious but um your experience either being afforded a great deal of empathy in the situation or uh having to really empathize with another's plight what do you think um, I'm, I think I'm, damn it, I'm summoned a little bit, um, because the way that I thought I was going to end is not the way that I am going to end. Um, this summer, um, on May 28th, it was a Thursday evening, I was getting off of work. I called a friend and... I said, hey man, where are you? And he was like, yo, I'm downtown. They got the they got the streets blocked off. It's it's wild out here. I'm like, okay, I'm on the way. This was the day that the George Floyd protests had started popping off in our city, Columbus, Ohio. I I drove home thinking, okay, you know, I'm in my work clothes. I'm gonna I'm gonna change. I'm gonna you know grab some. I don't know grab band-aids water bottles I don't know I don't know what I need but I couldn't do that I couldn't stop so I get down to the street as far as I can drive before the street is blocked off 
I get out of my car, I make my way as close as I can to my friends and I immediately get gas with the with the you know the pepper spray the gas whatever they're throwing the whatever the canisters are I don't know some chemical whatever whatever a huge crowd draws back I notice that my mask is on the ground so not only can I not see but I can't breathe and you know we're in a pandemic they're shooting you know a noxious gas in the air that makes people cough and I don't even have my mask on I'm running I'm running I'm panicking I finally make it to my friends. I don't know how I made it through the clouds of smoke, all of the, all of the chaos. I, I, but we finally made it together. From that day on, I decided that I was going to walk in the streets every day, be present, be a body every day for as long as it took to gain some empathy, for as long as it took to be recognized, for as long as it took to disturb the peace enough that the injustices that we face every day as black people in the United States has to be faced. We, us, us four here um, from the uh, Three Queens and a King podcast live in Ohio. And In November, on November 22nd, 2014, 12-year-old Tamir Riggs was killed in Cleveland, Ohio. Just two months ago, Andre Hill was killed in the street by cops in Columbus, Ohio. And seven days prior to that, Casey Goodson Jr. was killed in the street by the cops in Columbus, Ohio. This conversation that we have had about empathy um, I'm, I'm going to be honest I thought it was going to go a different way because usually it's oh well you know especially uh, re- especially referencing the conversation that Neek, Chris and I had last night about you know making sure that you're lending an understanding ear you're lending um, you're coming at somebody from a place of consideration and understanding and I have done some self-reflection in, in in that manner. And this is something that we will talk about on a later date. And uh, when we get there, you all will know um, because it was a it was a lively conversation to say the least. Um, but I love the girls, I love them for their patience. I love that, you know, we got to have that conversation together and you know, that you all did bring up your points that you brought because it is something that I am looking at internally and that's what I spoke on when we had first come on and we could ask how we were doing um with that being said I have I came across I don't I feel like I always just start coming across things that just always seem so relevant um it was a post that someone had posted on social media and I think she was really hitting the, the point home with the emotional labor of empathy being placed so heavily on the oppressed. She said, slavery would never have en- wouldn't have ended if slaves were nicer to the slave owners. Systemic re- oppression won't end if we're nicer to the people who benefit from it now. Telling people of color the key equality the key to equality is being nicer to ignorant people and those who benefit from oppression is abusive as fuck. And this is something that I am I'm I'm not really sure what the balance is and I'm not I I don't want to end this 
this episode on what anyone would perceive as a negative note because I don't believe that it is because I believe you know once you hit that that last tier of cognitive dissonance when you hit that discomfort and you 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 have to go past you have the choice to transform even though it is the hardest which is exactly what I spoke on earlier I want to end with I want to end with a quote um hold on let me find it my notes are a mess guys this is one that I really I, I was really thinking about and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna delve a little deeper in um on um in some of my own time and probably bring it back up again but I want to end with this quote. So for y'all that can sit around and say, all lives matter, I want you to go put it on a poster and sit out on the corner somewhere. If we can get enough white people to show that all lives matter, maybe they'll stop killing our black brothers. Because obviously that's what's going, what, what it's going to take for white people to get up and get tired of black people alone saying black lives matter. So if y'all want it to stop, if you want to get there and you, you, you get out there and do something. And that was a quote from Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland, Sandra Bland, um, her birthday just passed. It was February 7th. She would have been, she, she died when she was 28. She was killed or she was, she was found dead. Um, it was ruled a suicide July 3rd of 2015. Um, I want to end not just continuously freely lending out my empathy and understanding trying to build an understanding from people who refuse to understand me I'm demanding empathy I don't think that empathy has been demanded I'm demanding empathy I'm demanding being seen as a human being I'm demanding to not be othered I'm demanding to be met as a person and that's where I want to stop I do not think that your demands are uh, too much to ask for. I appreciate everybody's testimony tonight. Thank you very much for coming on board. Seam Bean, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, ma'am. It's been an honor and a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine today. Thank you. Do you you think that you'll want to come back next season and join us again, sir? It will be an honor to be back on your show. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in. Uh, Just a quick, just a quick thought. If you do nothing else, just afford somebody some grace, the next person that you run into, and try to empathize with their plight. I mean, it starts with you, right? So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Be the light that you seek. Peace. This week's episode of Three Queens and a King podcast was brought to you by IamMeek.com. Check out the blog, Speaking with Meek, as well as information on booking me for your next speaking engagement. Also brought to you by Perry Logistics. It's only great if you're moving freight. Shout out to Jcam and Good Music Guarantee for supplying our soundtrack this week. We truly appreciate the support. 
please leave a comment and spread the word. And remember to be the light that you seek. We'll see you next week. Peace.